I'm Alan Winston. August 2nd, 2022. Isaiah Peace Wall, across from the UN, and then a walk to the U.S. Mission to the UN building, one block away. Maybe 80 people, mostly old, few young, chanting for nuclear disarmament. Across the street at the UN, the parties to the Treaty on the Non-Proliferation of Nuclear Weapons was meeting for the tenth time. Forty years previously, tens of thousands had assembled in the same area to call for an end to nuclear arms buildup. Some of the people here with me today were at that protest. And now, 40 years later, in the age of social mediated distraction, we are no safer from world-ending atomic warfare than we were then. But a few hopeful humans carried banners, sang protest favorites, sat blocking entrances to the U.S. consulate to the U.N. in an attempt to raise awareness. God bless their efforts. Here's some of what they said that day. I first sought out Anthony Donovan, documentary filmmaker and lifelong worker for world peace. Hey, hey Alan. How are you doing? Okay, I'm uh, good, good. Yes, but they're coming this way. They'll start okay, yelling all right, at okay. Us. Well, this is a, this is the second day for the NPT uh, review conference. And NPT stands for? The, uh, the Non-Proliferation Treaty. Uh, so it's a annual, it's a every five years, but due to COVID, it was pushed back. So this is happening in the UN. There are 191 nations who are have ratified this treaty, and they come together to review the treaty, see how it's going. And uh, so we are here to say enough is enough. Really, what's I have a an ambassador, Rosides, who was a mentor of mine back in the in the early 80s, and he put it this way, the negotiations are, I'm gonna quote Ambassador Rosides of Cyprus, he said, the negotiations have been a stagnant pretense, deceiving the people that something is being done about the nuclear arms race, which is a galloping reality. And that, he spoke in the 70s, he spoke in the 80s. And that is what's happening with these NPT conferences. The people that have nuclear weapons keep moving the goalposts, keep reneging, keep pointing the finger. It's really embarrassing if you're in there to listen to the diplomats speaking, pointing the finger at each other, trying to place the blame elsewhere. And because there's an article of the NPT that says that the nuclear nations are to begin a process of disarmament. The, the promise is to the rest of the nations of the world, if you do not develop your develop nuclear weapons, we will start getting rid of ours in good faith. But the nations, the nuclear nations, keep developing, moving, and building. So uh, we did get we did get rid of nuclear we weapons. Rid of thousands. That's correct. Gorbachev and Reagan. That was a fantastic. We came. Uh, Gorbachev was writing his memoirs. We came very close to getting rid of uh, our nuclear weapons. Gorbachev and Reagan at one point said that they would be together at the dismantling of the last nuclear weapon. But 
as Gorbachev writes, a secret hand slid in, and that secret hand was uh, the industry. And so unbeknownst to the American people, unbeknownst to the You're talking about American industry. I'm talking about the nuclear weapon industry everywhere. It's an industry, it's a worldwide industry, and yes, we're part of it, but so are our allies. I mean, I like to point to Japan. Japan has been a nation that has experienced the bomb. They should be leading, leading the voice, but instead they choose to support their ally, the United States. They, they tell everyone they believe in the umbrella of protection. So they are supporting the building of nuclear weapons. And the U.S. points to our allies. They want us to protect them. They need our protection. So they have people like our allies are feeding this. So we're all in this industry together. A lot of, few people are making a lot of money here. So, Could you describe yeah. uh, the event today and what do you see in front of you? Well, the War Resisters League primarily, uh, Peace Action, but primarily the War Resisters League. I like Ed Henneman, Ruth. Uh, they, they, because it is the, and it is this treaty conference. It's a good where all these people are meeting to talk about our negotiations uh, about nuclear weapons. We decided to come up here on this day. It's also we have Hiroshima, we have Nagasaki commemorations about to happen. So it's a really important week to get here for the first week of this conference to let the people know inside. There will be people risking arrest. They'll be sitting nonviolently in front of blockading the front of our U.S. mission. You'll see that in about a half hour. So um, it, it's symbolic. We're just saying we we're really don't want to take this anymore. It's really time to do something about it. Our climate really needs the trillions of dollars that we are spending on this industry. And uh, we, we need it desperately, if people haven't noticed. We really need it for all our other concerns, our health concerns, our climate concerns, our environmental concerns, education concerns. Anthony Donovan, you have been working for peace in the world, I guess your whole life. Why are you here personally? Community, people like you, Alan, and everyone that's here. And I also know this community exists everywhere in the world. Right now, our, the United States is still maintaining Iran is an enemy, an arch enemy that we are to be afraid of, that want to destroy us in our way of life. We're afraid of Iran. We're pumping fear uh, that Iran can get this weapon and destroy our way of life. Actually, that's kind of been many, all our diplomats say that they're out to, they don't like our freedom. So they're, they're trying to. But you were just there. I was just there two months ago and spent three weeks in the opposite of true. They really are begging to become allies, begging to help resolve the issues of climate, and begging for some sense in our... They're, they were here at the treaty, they stand up all the time saying, what are you doing, America and Russia and China, about your nuclear weapons? I am here to support my... all, all the Catholic worker, the Peace Action, uh, so many wonderful groups are here today. Thank you, Anthony, for all the work you've been doing. Thank you, Alan, always. God bless you. <laughs> Nuclear weapons gotta go. Sign the prohibition treaty now. Nuclear John LaForge, tell us who you are and why you're here. Uh, thanks. Uh, my name is John LaForge. Just in case no one knows who you are. Uh, yeah, I work for NukeWatch, anti-nuclear power and weapons group in Wisconsin, and we uh, work for environmental justice as well. I'm here with my wife Marion Kupker from Hamburg, Germany. I work for the German White Campaign to get U.S. nuclear weapons out of Germany part of the nuclear sharing agreement and I'm one of the spokesperson I'm also working for a fellowship of reconciliation 
Germany. And what do you expect to accomplish today? Um, the only thing we can do is bringing this to an attention that it's not just uh, Russia and China who are doing nuclear upgrades of bombs and, and are violating laws. It's, it's the whole nuclear weapons powers and yeah, we really need to work together on this problem. John, why are you here today? Oh, we're trying to bring attention to U.S. responsibility for the nuclear weapons state we're in with the threat of NATO attacking Russia, the threat of Russia attacking a NATO state, all nuclear armed to the teeth. A lot of people don't realize that NATO policy in Europe is right on the front door of Russia, and NATO policy is absolutely the same as all this alarmism about Russia's threats to use nuclear weapons. NATO ministers just recently met in Madrid. On June 30th, they issued the strategic concept again. It's their local or their annual paper about their nuclear war policy. And again, they point out that they're prepared to use nuclear weapons in a response to a conventional weapons attack. That's known as first use of nuclear weapons. That's an absolutely no different in threat posture than the language coming from President Putin. Is that the same as a tactical nuclear weapon? Well, we're talk uh, NATO does have so-called tactical nuclear weapons in five NATO countries, Germany, Belgium, the Netherlands, Italy, and Turkey. And this model here, this is no good for radio, but we have a balloon, an inflated balloon depiction of a B-61. It's about 10, 12 feet long, orange and silver, and looks like a missile. Yeah, it costs about $700 million a piece. I'm sure the salary of your listeners are close to it on an <laughs> annual basis. Yeah. Um, these weapons are scheduled to be replaced with a brand new B-61, number 12, uh, in the coming year. They're in production in the United States now. Where's the talk in the United States about U.S. production of brand new nuclear weapons being stationed in Europe right pointing right up the nose of Mr. Vladimir Putin. There's no discussion. So where is the talk? In 1980s, there were big protests. A lot of people were involved. And now there's maybe 300 people here. I'm being generous. Well, especially in Europe, hundreds of thousands of people marched in all the major cities to see that the withdrawal of U.S. nuclear-armed crews and Pershing missiles took place. And they were successful. Maybe Marion has a point to say about in the, those the 80s we had about 7,000 nuclear weapons from basically from the US and now there are about 20 left in so that makes yeah. a difference and we have many more issues and problems now is this is this event going to make any change well you know what a person can do about nuclear weapons is very little but we feel responsible to do whatever little bit we can do whether it makes a change or not, well, of course, the change isn't going to come if we don't do something. Thank you very much. John LaForge. I'm Bob Kyleback, uh, Secretary of the New York City Chapter of Veterans for Peace. And I've been involved with Veterans for Peace for 30 years or so. And uh, I was actually I was at the original No Nuke March in 1982. My aunt and I were marshals there. And, uh, and you, you served in Vietnam? I served during the Vietnam War. I was, no, I was on a submarine, so I wasn't in, in country. But I was on a very old submarine then. Yeah. A very old submarine. Very old. The oldest one in the Navy. It was built in 1939. Holy moly. Yeah. Very hot down there running the engines, but uh, especially when we dove and we had no air circulation. But that sounds like a whole other story, but why, why, why are you here? 
I'm here because we have to stop the, the madness with nuclear weapons. We have to stop this brinksmanship going nose toe to toe with Russia and China and now other nuclear nations. And What is your personal reason for being here? Because I have six grandchildren, three children, and uh, we have to make a, a better world for them, for all of them, and for all our children, all the countries, all, all the children of the world is my reason for being here. Okay, my name is Johannes. I'm from Germany and I'm with a, a youth delegate from Germany, a youth delegation from Germany, and we're participating in the, uh, in the uh, NPT con Ref Conference. I'm a physicist and, um, and I'm also a young person. I'm 25 years old and uh, I mean, we're just concerned with these two existential threats we have with the climate crisis and nuclear weapons and we see both of them escalating. The climate crisis, at least in Germany, is it's in the news and it's there but we're still not doing enough or anything but nuclear weapons they're totally underrepresented under in the in the news media and in, 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 general, in general public people don't know about this people don't know about the inherent threat or inherent existential threat that nuclear weapons pose to us. You are a young man most of the people out here are old farts. Why aren't more young people involved with this protest? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, I mean, I can't answer that question. I just know that in Germany, the peace movement is also kind of more older people. And um, I guess we also, we, we have to ask ourselves, how can we communicate in a better way? How, because for me, it's, I mean, the link is, the link is there, as I said, both are existential threats, both, uh, both and you're going to be living in with this world for the next 50, 60 years. Yes, yes. Uh, not us. Yes. We're out soon. Yeah, well, we, we still need you as well, though. Um, yes, and we have to find ways of, uh, of communicating in a way uh, or raising awareness that these two are connected. Both are inherently uh, unjust. Uh, I would say both are inherently um, colonial as well. Um, just today I was talking about uh, talking to um, young people from the Marshall Islands where the U US uh, did, did their, uh, did their uh, nuclear testing and that's colonialism at its best. So yeah, we as a movement have to think about how, how we can raise awareness to, the, uh, to this because I think my generation is up for this totally. Okay, hi, I'm Helen, I'm 24 years old, I'm from Germany, from the peace workshop Mutlangen and Mutlangen is a very historic place for the German peace movement as because there were also like um, missiles in the 90s and the 80s and Mutlangen is also like a very um, historic and um, symbolic place because the um, nonviolent movement that was so successful. So the German youth are up in arm. Um, why aren't there more young people here? Because most of the people here are older people. Yeah, this is a great question <laughs> that we ask ourselves um, always as well. I think this is um, the difficulty that the peace movement in general has to deal with because there are so many elderly people in the movement and only a few young who are coming um, afterwards. It's your world. That's why I'm standing here right now and demonstrating also for a better world without any um, atomic weapons. Have you ever gone to some of your friends who are not political and said, why aren't you involved? Yes, I do. And I also have been in Büchel where the US um, bombs are sessioned um, in, in Germany. And yeah, some people are laughing at me because I was there. Some people support me. It's yeah, very difficult to deal with that kind of political topic. Well, thank you very much, Helen. <laughs> have a great day. Thank you. 
I then spoke with Mike Levinson, whom I first met at the Witness Against Torture protest in the nation's capital several years ago. He was sitting with others blocking the main entrance to the U.S. consulate to the U.N. Alan Winston, yeah, we did Witness Against Torture together. Yes. Yes, how are you doing? I was on your radio show. Yes, and I wanted you to be on my radio show again. Yes. Can you talk right now, just for a minute? You're, you're sitting here attempting arrest. Why are you here, and who are you representing? I'm here with the uh, local chapter, the New York City local chapter of the War Resisters League. Uh, and we're here with many other peace groups here in the New York area. Uh, Code Pink, uh, the Raging Grannies, uh, Peace Action of New York State, Veterans for Peace, other groups in our local community, the, uh, the governments, the nuclear governments of the world are across the street in the United Nations talking, talking, talking about nonproliferation and nuclear disarmament, but they're not doing anything about it. And we're saying, stop the talking already, shut up and disarm now. And we call on the United States to uh, take unilateral steps to disarm. We welcome any steps from any country, but we call on the United States especially because we are U.S. citizens. The United States has a special responsibility for ridding the world of nuclear weapons. And, uh, and we're sitting here blocking the front entrance to the U.S. mission, demanding that the United States take unilateral steps to disarm now and get rid of every single nuclear weapon. I'm gonna get personal now. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. And why are you here personally, not politically? Because <laughs> the personal is political. <laughs> you fight for human rights around the world and you fight for your own human rights. Thank you, Mike. It's great to see you again. You're looking well. My name is Benji and I'm from New Mexico. I'm going to school here now in New York City, but as somebody who lives in New Mexico in the shadow of Los Alamos National Laboratory where the first A-bomb was made and where they're now trying to push this new um, agenda to modernize the nuclear arsenal and make more plutonium pits, something that I and my family have been standing strongly against uh, for the past few years as we've learned more about it. And coming to New York, I wanted to get involved with the scene here. Um, I absolutely agree. More young people need to wake up to this. I think most people my age are aware of the climate crisis, but there's the twin crisis of nuclear weapons and even nuclear energy, I would say. Um, anything that puts this sort of radioactive waste into our environment and is tested upon uh, marginalized indigenous communities is something that, um, as they say, you know, no more nukes. Uh, and so, yeah, as a 27-year-old, I'm trying to spread the word amongst my friends and uh, do what work I can in my hometown and wherever I go to speak up against nuclear weapons and all forms of testing, use, production, and uh, just the inhumanity of it all. As a person of faith, that's really important to me. And why aren't more people, the 27, 28, 29, why aren't they involved? Um, I think that we just have seen a waning of anti-war resistance since the turn of the century, and I think it's picking up again as people are becoming, you know, just as the tides of social activism and awareness change, but I think that um, people just aren't learning about this history anymore, and to be honest, there are so many horrific uh, events going across the world every day that, you know, it can get pushed to the bottom, but it's a global concern. I mean, this is something that could change the course of humanity um, if a war were to break out between any of the nuclear armed states. So I think, honestly, I think it's ignorance. And I think sometimes it's the overwhelm of it all. I mean, standing up against, we're here in the belly of the beast, standing up against the most powerful weapon of the most powerful 
state, it's it's hard to um, make people feel like they can make a difference. But if you don't do anything, then they don't do anything. If you do something, you can at least stand with that with your conscience. Do you have hope there will be change towards a good direction? In a good direction, I think that if enough people stand up, we will. And I think uh, it's only going to take one time to find out just how awful of an idea this is. We have to have hope. We have to have hope, uh, and we have to get to work. Uh, John Breitbart, I'm here with New York City Worry Sisters League, and I'm here to stop the insanity. Now is the 40th uh, anniversary of that peace march, that enormous peace march, and the 1,700 people two days later who were arrested here and at other uh, missions of the nuclear powers. So it's important that we, we, we bring attention to the lack of success, the lack of movement, the lack of ending this, this problem. My listeners will note that there's not a lot of banging going on right now because we're at a different entrance to the UN, the US mission to the UN. Uh, why are you blocking the second entrance? What are you trying to accomplish? Well, this, this is the side entrance to the US mission and if we weren't blocking this, this entrance, the blockade really wouldn't be as effective as it is at the moment. And so no one from the U.S. mission has been getting in or out of the building? For the last uh, bit of time, yes. What do you think to accomplish by this sit-in? I think we're, we hopefully will draw more attention. We'll, and hopefully the movement around this will grow. Can you tell me, John, what is your personal reason for being here? I was here 40 years ago for the arrests at the missions then. I grew up at a time when children were being told to take shelter under their desks. Um, it's, it's immensely, uh, it just, it goes pretty deep. That the lie, the lie, you know, that the War Sisters League ended the civil defense drills in New York City when, when they organized people to refuse to take shelter. And not that long after those demonstrations happened, the city gave up that policy. So the, the big lie, this is the big lie, not the elections. State it, state it a little more clearly. What is the big lie? The big lie is that people are safer for militarism, that, that spending vast sums of money instead of on human needs, on weapons that keep getting more and more powerful. The most recent thing with nuclear weapons is that they've developed battlefield or strategic smaller size nuclear weapons that, that they think make, they, they assert are more usable in regular warfare. Uh, but that's, that's another big lie or it's another big part of the lie that if nuclear weapons are used, the likelihood of escalation to a full nuclear confrontation is, is very strong, is very strong. And it can't be, it, you just have to say no. It seems to me, this is my opinion, that with climate change, we're gradually getting there, maybe faster and faster, and eventually we're going to, we're facing it. With nuclear armament, you just need one, one mistake. The, the, the idea, there was a strategy, or there perhaps some, are, it's part of the lie, that there's a big strategy called mutual assured destruction, 
that nuclear weapons won't be used on a large scale because both sides know that it would be the end of life everywhere uh, and that no one could win a nuclear war. But this is the danger of using nuclear weapons and the danger of warfare in general. We see here with, with Putin's use of threatening nuclear war in order to prevent other nations from uh, using their military on him. It's all a giant shill game. Uh, war is a crime against humanity, period. And the people who wage it and the people who promote it need to be the ones that are put in jail. Is this going to make any difference what you all are doing here now? We are doing this, I would say, it's probably fair to say that people here are doing it because their heart as well as their mind calls upon them to do it. We have no way to know how large an effect we'll have, but it, there, this could be the beginning of a renewed, larger movement, and it could bring the kind of attention back into the civil space that will force people to either stand for the big lie of nuclear protection or speak against it.